0: Mastermind. MasterMind.
1: You are now listening to the Money Mastermind Podcast. Mastermind. Mastermind. I don't even listen to no other podcast. Money Mastermind Podcast tells it like it is. Welcome again to Money Mastermind Podcast, the only international podcast that has real conversations about financial literacy and achieving financial freedom through smart investing. Hashtag investmentality. The world is changing. The world is crazy. Things are going crazy right now. We're talking about GameStop, AMC, the stock market. It is crazy. The world is changing rapidly. But there are two things that remain the same, which is you need to own something and you don't want to owe nobody nothing. So that's why today's episode is titled Debt Management and the Importance of Ownership. And we have a special, special guest with us today, Miss Yvonne Matengwa. Did I say that correctly?
2: You said it right. Perfect. It's good to be with you today, Suleiman. Thank you for having me.
1: Thank you. Thank you. I'm so excited to have you here. You know, um, the, the first time I saw you was on, on Instagram, and we still haven't met in person yet,
0: <laughs> oh, <laughs> but right, I saw right. you on
1: Instagram with the Travel Essence magazine. So you are doing big things. Before we go into that though, I just Mm -hmm. wanna hear a little bit about yourself. Uh, I wanna share with the audience a little bit I do know about you, which is, um, you, you started in PR, communication strategy for big clients in the UAE, Department of Tourism and Culture of Abu Dhabi, Alain Oasis, the Sheikh Zayed Book Awards, Mother of the Nation Festival, corporate website copywriting, Abu Dhabi International Book Fair, um, the Your Extraordinary Story Abu Dhabi Global Destination Campaign. You have real estate and other projects that are international, going from Kuwait, Abu Dhabi, UAE's National Railway Project. You are also in, in Qatar. Wow. So you are everywhere. You're doing a lot. Tell us a brief uh, a little bit about yourself, your story.
2: Absolutely. How did I get where I am now? Grace, faith. I think my faith is, is something that drives everything that I do. Um, the world of PR, um, I sort of, it sort of fell onto my lap, if you will. I started off my career um, in this faith, in destination marketing, actually, before we moved to the UAE. But prior to that, I obviously I went to to the U.S. For school. I, I got my education from the United States. I'm born and raised in Zimbabwe. Two, the year 2000 saw me migrate um, to the Americas for my university um, education. I headed back home about seven years later. A couple years later, after that, I wound up in the UAE. And PR is something that sort of became a part of who I was uh, along the way. Now a lot of the projects that you've mentioned, it's you know it was I had the great honor of, of being uh, part of the team that handled uh, some of these, these great clients um, in the Abu Dhabi space as far as it relates to destination marketing and, and real estate projects. So um, yeah I, I think it's been a, it's been a good run so far. I am grateful for, for the opportunity to do what I do in, in this market. Um, I'm a PR a girl, comp strategist. I love language, I love writing, I love content. I love telling a story. I think the core of what I do is storytelling. We can't go brands without telling a story behind them. We can't connect with crowds and you know we can't connect with consumers without sort of um, getting into the depth of what what the essence of the brands, right? And so I love being a part of that process. And we're still evolving. There's, there's a lot of things that I've learned along the way. Uh, there's a lot of projects that I'm, I'm involved in um, that have sort of come about and fell into my lap on a more personal scale. But yeah, absolutely. I mean, a, a lot of the stuff that you've shared is, you know, a lot of regional work that I've done. And and, and, it, and it's been a good run. It's been good.
1: Absolutely. So, so you're based in Dubai? I'm based, in Dubai, okay, in, I'm Dubai based in Dubai now. Okay, you're in Dubai now. I'm based in Dubai now. Okay, so tell us about your journey, because you said you're, you're originally from Zimbabwe.
2: Correct. Born and raised in Zimbabwe, so I'm a Harare girl all the way. <laughs>
1: okay, <Bye. wow>. okay. <laughs> nice. so Harare. Okay, nice. So tell us your journey. How did you get from Zimbabwe to Dubai and the many stops in between?
2: Oh, wow. It, it's quite a long, it's quite a long, um, you know, when you talk, when somebody asks you to sort of uh, condense your, your life story into a, a few short parrots, it's always a complicated thing to do because there's just so many different touch points. But but for me, um, like I said, I was born and raised in Zimbabwe. My entire family is is, is back home with the exception of my siblings you know I, um, I, with, with, I grew up in a middle income home my, my dad was a banker my mom was a nurse um, their dream was to, to send me to school overseas you know I think it's the dream of most uh, it was the dream of most parents when we were coming out we, we grew up in Zimbabwe that's much different from what it is now and it was a great childhood, you know, by any by any stretch. I, I honestly, I look back on my childhood memories, and they were solid. Going to school in America came about. Uh, we lived a, a short walk from the University of Zimbabwe, and uh, my parents had uh, professor friends who were hosting American students that would come to 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 Zimbabwe on like a an exchange program. So so they just sort of extended that offer. Hey, would you like to host American students? Uh, you know, they come to, to Zimbabwe for six months or three to six months out the year and they need a home and your role is basically to give them the family setup that they, they, you know, they need to sort of help them to integrate. And my parents took that opportunity on and, and uh, most of my childhood, I remember we had American students, one or two um, at the beginning of each year that would live with us. Like, you know, you have a big brother or big sister mm-hmm. um, and, you know, my parents would be the host parents and, you know, they would literally integrate into our way of life. Wow. And so that's how I became exposed to the, the American culture, if you will, because obviously from that, that them living in our homes and their parents would want to obviously connect with us because we, you know, they are living in our home. And, and so that would then later translate to a couple years later when, you know, some of these parents of these host students who became family members, if you were, said, what was, what's the plan for, for the kids in terms of university? Have you ever thought about going to school in America? You know, so that's where my journey became, I think around fifteen, when I turned 15 was the first time that our parents took us overseas. And I mean, off the African continent, we were always quite well traveled. My parents, you know, made it a point that they, you know, we traveled extensively regionally, but my first trip Overseas, where I was literally crossing and leaving the continent for Europe and America, was when I was about fifteen, and so that's when I had my first interaction with the United States mm-hmm. of America as it were. And so, when I came back after that trip, I knew I wanted to go to university there, and mm-hmm. and so that that's how that journey happened. Uh, spent about seven years in America. It was a culture shock, a significant culture shock. I wound up in Atlanta. Okay. So I went to I went to school at Emory, Emory University. Um, and as you know, Atlanta is is one of those cities that are there's a lot of affluence um as it relates to the black community. I so know I, a, a I know
1: ATL very well. ATL, right, stand, right? St- ATL stand up.
2: <laughs> right, <Go ahead>. right. <laughs> so so for me, um I, I think I had a, a soft landing in that the environment was great. You know what I mean? It was the, the malls was the Lennox Mall and Fifth yeah. Plaza and, you know, um, you know, Jewett Hills is where the campus was. So I, I lived on the good part of, of, of Atlanta, right? But I think I, I really got to experience the culture shock right off the bat, really, if I can be honest. And that that shaped the, the woman that I was that, that I was going to evolve into because I I did come from a very sheltered environment I came from a very conservative sheltered home in an African setup and then all of a sudden I'm, I'm in America and this great United States with you know mu- multicultural in the sense that you know I had never seen anybody from from Mexico or mm-hmm, anybody mm-hmm. from you know yeah I had never seen it until I came to America, right yeah, yeah. Uh, in you know, and then the accents, you know, you go to Chicago and people sound different from how you know I had never seen any of that absolutely um, yeah, so I think it was it was training training season it was training season I, I learned real real world real life when when I moved to to the u s yeah it was it was quite intense, but at a point uh fast forward to a couple years later i I, you know i decided it was time for me to go back home and uh 2007 i remember packing bags and and saying to my parents i'm I'm coming home and at that at that time a lot of things had happened along the way and um i was good and ready to head back home so it was kind of like a rebirth the going back home bit was a rebirth and yeah it's you know I i met my husband shortly thereafter we got married, we had our first child and then our journey began and we we moved to um outside the borders of Zimbabwe again the economy in, in Zim was was a little challenged. A little is me being diplomatic. It was a lot challenged. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, and we've just been doing life the best way we can since. Um, you know, Abu Dhabi came up, you know, a, a three and a half, four years later after our stint in, in Zambia. Mm. And and So, yeah, we're here now. I think we consider ourselves, you know, we're just we, we just try to do life as, as best as we can, like anybody else. Right. We just we're just trying to grind and get it together.
1: Absolutely. So, you know, you gave us a bunch of stuff um, and I see that you are well experienced. You you've been traveling since you were a teenager. So you are a global citizen. And that's something Absolutely. that I encourage everyone, all my audience, all my listeners to get your passport ready. Get your stamps on your passport so that you can see what is happening in the world. Do not think that your block and, um, you know, if you're living above or below uh, (laughs) I-20 for Atlanta, (laughs) or if you're living in the five boroughs, whether it's Brooklyn, Queens, whatever, do not think your block or your next borough is the world. You need to get your passport, get your stamps, and get out of that country and go travel the world so let's get into what debt management is about what does debt management mean to you uh you know and and how can we get ourselves to be debt
0: free
2: so 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 my my money consciousness if you will um began during my season in in the united states i i I had never heard of a credit card until mm. I got to America. And it sounds real crazy, but we just don't do credit where we come from, <laughs> you know? Uh, you, you either have the money or you don't. Now, now things might have changed and, and credit comes in, in different ways, but we never, growing up, there was, you know, there was this, the, the the mortgage and, and that's an achievement. Your parents have a mortgage and they bought a home. So that's everybody's dream. I don't, I don't know if that's a dream everywhere, right? It's, it's the home ownership thing and getting a mortgage, right? Yeah, um, but that's yeah. as far as I knew until I got to school. And there's desks in 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 the in the campus, um, you know, center. And, and there's different banks. There was Wachovia, there was Bank of America, and they've, they've they've got all these credit card offers and things like that. And I honestly didn't know what that meant, right? And so I was like, oh, sure, you know, they sell you on this. Oh, you got a limit of X amount. <laughs> Sign here. And mm. so that was me. I jumped on it because everybody was jumping on mm. it, right? But I didn't have the, the the understanding nor the maturity at that time. Yeah. Again, remember, I grew up in a middle income home where my parents really went did everything that they could to make sure that we had everything that we needed. We were, you know, if I wanted a bike, if Dad, I want a bike. If I want to go on a school trip, Mom, Dad, I want to go on a school trip. Um, so consciousness of money was not really a thing for me until I got to the States. And, you know, I remember swiping away at the plastic <laughs> and then getting the bills. And it's like, oh, your minimum payment is X amount. And I'm thinking, what? Oh, I'm supposed <laughs> to pay this now, you know. So so yeah, that was a bit of it was a baptism by fire for me. Um, in mm. as far as decisions that we make with money. I have to say as well that I honestly believe that as as black people, you know, and I say this. It's it's a blanket statement, and I could be wrong. But generally, we are not educated on money. The school system doesn't teach us about managing our money. Mm-hmm. You, you know, now it's a little bit better, but but you know you can go on YouTube and there's so many different experts on money management and get debt get be debt free and in financial you know soundness and all of that. But it, it, you know we don't come from that school of thought of oh you know if it's you're getting a mortgage that's great, but that's a debt you know mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. you get and then there's many so many different schools of thoughts right There's like oh there's good debt bad debt which is good debt which is bad debt mm-hmm. i i have come to to appreciate no no debt because mm-hmm. i feel like when you have money money gives you choices mm-hmm. i feel like if you want to live a life that others uh that that most people don't live it means that you have to make some really hectic decisions now i would love to be jumping on a flight every so often to go to Thailand and to all these different places, but I'm on a different school of thought now. I'm a, I'm a brick and mortar girl. I mm. am like, you know, how do we, what do we need to do to sort of make sure that that balance sheet gives us options as we get older? Because when you're younger is when you have all the zest and the energy to, to make money and save money. Um, as you get older, it becomes more and more complicated. And as you can see now, you know, certain countries and certain companies won't even hire you past a certain age. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't get citizenship or can't get residency or you can't migrate to certain parts of the world when you pass a certain age because, well, you're old and you become a burden to the system, right? So if you know that, and, and, and that's something that is a, an ongoing conversation that is louder than it was, say, 10, 20 years ago, then we do need to be making better decisions as far as how we manage our money. You know, I, I, I struggled with debt, you know, when I was in, in the U.S. Um, yeah, heavily to the point where I had a um, I had a, I had a, a car accident in 2000 in 2004, and I was in the hospital. Mm. And before I even come out the hospital, they are already signing sending me paperwork for how much I owe. And mm. I remember seeing a, a bill of like thirty seven thousand US dollars for being in the hospital for three days, and thinking, how am I gonna pay for this? You know and then being discharged in a week later, they're already calling asking you when <laughs> they're getting their first yeah, payment. Yeah,
0: absolutely,
1: absolutely. So, well, no, I was just going to say that that's a crazy story and that's true. And I think America specializes in putting people in debt. So mm. I, I want to know, because this this podcast is all about educating people, you know? So how do I put it in the most simplest terms? Because I know it's, it's easy to say, be debt free. Don't owe anybody, anybody, anything. Mm-hmm. But, but how do I do this if I'm coming from, let's say, you know, lower middle class or if I'm coming from the hood? I got mm-hmm. public school education. I don't mm-hmm. I don't know anything about all of this stuff, you know, and even even myself, I was financially illiterate growing up, mm-hmm. you know, and my first experience with credit cards was just just as much of a horror story as yours was. Mine was right. was my freshman year of college and they had a bunch of little like uh booths sitting out front of the university when you walk in right. Right. and there's all these different credit cards, I don't even know what they are, but they're definitely subprime lending credit cards with the lowest, the, the worst APR, highest interest rate. Yes. And yes. my experience was the same thing. I took them, I didn't know anything, I didn't know what I was doing, ran it up, and I ended up getting burnt. Um, the good thing is I got it under control. So like I said, let's try to make it as simple as possible for the listener. Let's say I don't really know what I'm doing. I want to go to school. Because mm-hmm. I, I need to go to school to get a good job. How do I pay for it? I want to own a home and, I, you know, but I don't have the money to pay for it. I'm paying rent. And I went, I went to get my credit card debt down, but I only make 15, 16 bucks an hour. Mm-hmm. So what, what advice or what tips can you give to me so that I can make a plan to get myself out of debt and to get into ownership?
2: Uh, live live within your means mm. it, it sounds really really uh basic and rudimentary but 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 facts um li- live within your means number mm. one mm. number two uh budget there has to be everything uh, everything has to be accounted for mm. and i speak on this because it, I, I call onto the onto the getting out of debt living debt-free path late in life um but it's never too late to start a, a new path right um, it took one day that somebody sent me a message on WhatsApp, and it was a video um, that Dave Ramsey, we love Dave Ramsey, was was sharing some something about you know getting getting out of debt and cut up your credit cards and all of that, right? And I I, I sent that. I remember sending that to to my husband and, and We had a whole conversation about this because you know you you life in the UAE is that too. It's easy to get plastic. It's the banks throw that stuff at you all the time and you know it and listen i think people generally get them with the with the intent to, to pay them and stay on top of their debt but life happens you know you can quickly go from being having your credit cards under control to maxing them out because you've had an emergency right um i say stay live within your means because it's something that is quite difficult to do. It, it because it 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 involves a complete mindset shift it it affects how you shop where do you shop how much do you shop asking yourself the question, do you need it versus do you want it? Mm. You know, Because there's a lot of things that we think we need, but if we really sit down and think about it, we don't actually know. We want it, right? And there's external influences. So I think key to it all is also checking the motivation behind some of your decisions as a, because the world is constantly selling something at us. All you need to do now, all you need to do is talk about a thing and it pops up in ads on your laptop or your phone or your iPads, and it's like, gosh, I just had a conversation about these shoes and now I'm seeing these ads everywhere, right? So Big Brother is on it, you understand? They, he understands that, listen, we are consumer-centric people, uh, we want what we want. But budget, budget is very, very important. Have a, a clear-cut um, plan and as far as what you spend your money on and how much you spend your money on so i have a, a, a i earn a thousand dollars and i know two hundred dollars goes towards my rent so obviously that's an automatic i need a roof over my head right and i know that a hundred dollars goes towards my car note that leaves me at 700 right i know i need a maybe 150 dollars in groceries for me and my family right and then i do the math from there but do i have anything left over and then when i do have anything left over what do i do with what i have left over because the inclination is, oh, you know, I've got an extra hundred dollars. That, that blazer I saw at Zara the other day is cute. <laughs> so let me get that. Or, you know, I really, there's, a, there's, a, there's an event coming up and I really want to go to the, this party and that party. I'll tell you this. I have, over the past couple of years, learned how to say no to stuff. Not because I don't want it, but because I'm trying to go somewhere. Okay. And it means that I'm going to have to make some sacrifices today. If I don't want to have debts for me to send my kids to college, it means I need to have a, a a plan in as far as their their college tuition now, not when they turn 18, but I need to start now when they're little, right? So I need to be putting money outside towards that. Yeah. If I want to own something, which is, in, is, an, is a subject in itself, I'm sure we'll touch on that shortly, ownership is power. I mm. really believe that ownership is power. I believe that when you have a roof over your head that has your name on it, When you close your doors, there's very few people that can come at you unless you've got some mess um, out there anyway, which usually is debt related. People come to your door and break the doors down because you owe. Right. So it's, it's a conscious decision to say, I don't want to owe anybody anything. You know, there are instances that you might have to, to sort of jumpstart you. You know, I know people who get loans to go to school or, you know, they take out a loan from the, the, the company and the company pays off and they have to pay it back. If it has a structured way to do it and you're able to have that just to make sure that you do what you do, pay it off then by all means. I don't think the average person can, can pay for their home in cash. That's, that's something for like the big leagues, right? Mm-hmm. But pay that, that mortgage down as fast as you can. If you can do it, pay it down as fast as you can. I would say the world, you you know, the world is changing. You know, we started off um, this podcast with you saying that the world is changing and it's evolving. And I think as a people, we also need to change our mindset um, in as far as how we view the subject of money, because the average uh, person of color, we're not out here inheriting a whole lot of stuff from everywhere. We're not. That's just not our story, you know. And, And people may think it is, but I don't know very many uh, people of color, very many black people that are inheriting a whole lot of anything,
0: mm-hmm. you know,
2: a lot of us have to start from somewhere. And that mean, literally means you're starting from scratch, you know, or you might be given that that bench or that given that dress, or whatever, but that dress that you handed out as an heirloom is not going to pay tuition for your kids.
0: Yeah. You know,
2: so, so, so we have to really say to ourselves, okay, This is what I want, this is the kind of life that I want to live, but what is the sacrifice that I have to make to be able to achieve that? And some of it is really basic. You want to go to to, to eat out every day, but if you've done the math to see how much that costs you every day to eat out, you know, if you're going to brunch and you're spending 400 dirhams at at every brunch, every weekend, 400 dirhams is about 120 bucks US dollars. That's 500 bucks you're spending a month on brunch, like to Mm. literally go eat sausages and eggs and have a glass or something, (laughs) you know? And Mm. what could you do with that $500 if you put it aside? So I think it's really taking everything down to grassroots levels and it's doable. It's not easy. It's painful. Um, We were really radical in how we, we, we got ourselves out of the whole debt wheel and we were not drowning in debt where we were knocking the doors or whatever. It was the regular stuff, the regular stuff that everyone has. They have the car notes, you know, they have a mortgage, whatever, the regular stuff, the credit cards, whatever. Right. But just to say we don't have that is, is a superpower in itself because
1: that, that's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah. So, so how, how long did it take you guys? Once you made your plan um, and you made your strategy, how long did it take you guys to get your debt all the way down to being debt free?
2: Six, six months.
1: Six months. Wow. So, but it was
2: very aggressive. We were very radical. When I say aggressive, we were very, we went from like, yo, <laughs> it was crazy. Tuna in the pan. It was, but, yeah. <laughs> it was the beans, it beans and toast. Like, listen, it wasn't so much. It, it wasn't to that extreme where now folks are not eating. Now we're fasting every day. No, it wasn't like that. It was <laughs> Intermittent <insane>. fasting. <laughs> yeah, you know, no, it wasn't, it wasn't like that. It was literally making lifestyle choices as well. Okay. Like we had a culture of going out every weekend, make sure we go out with the kids and we take them to parks and all of that, right? Mm. We, we stopped that. And we took them through the journey of helping them to understand why we're stopping that, right? Mm. So so we, well, mom and dad are working on a couple of things. I mean, we had a, a, a there was one time my son said, "Mommy, are we poor?" <laughs> and oh, I was my. like, "Yeah." He was like, "We poor," and it's like, "No, you're not poor." <laughs> but that's because he's asking you to go where he was used to going, or you mm. know, she's asking for this night, and, and you're saying, "Hold on, you know, we'll get it, we'll get it, but just not now, right?" Mm. Mm. And I think especially living in a country like here where there's just so much opulence and privilege around, hmm. it might be difficult for our kids to understand. When you say no, they're like, what? Well, what do you mean?
1: That is really interesting because um, my, my question was, how important it is it, you know, to have your partner, your life partner, your spouse uh, and your children to be on board with you? Because w- one person out of the family unit cannot say hey, I'm going to be debt-free or we're going to be debt-free and make that decision only on themselves. How important mm-hmm. is it to have your family on board with you to make this decision and lifestyle change?
2: I, it's, it's, it's really, really important. I am, I'm fortunate to, to be married to a phenomenal man who knows when he makes a decision, he, he, like, he like rallies up the truth. It's like a war cry. Like we're, you know what I mean? Like we're like doing this and we're going. And and then there's, you know, exceptional communication where we talk through every single detail, right? And that makes a difference. I think when they, we, we hear this all the time, you know, you should communicate, communication is the key. Uh, communication is especially hard when you're going through a tough season, you know? So you need one of y'all to be the soldiers to say, listen, this is what we're doing. You know, mm-hmm. you go from, your, you have your car, I have my car, we pick up our keys and we roll out the door to literally making the decision to say, I'm not, I, we're going to sell this car. We're going to sell that. We're going to sell that. Um, and, you know, because we need to put this cash towards the debt to kill the debt, right? Um, it was that. You You have to be present and to give each other reasons to believe because the times, the tough times are, uh, listen, summertime comes around, everyone's like, oh, we're on the way to Euro Disney. We're, you know, we're going to Thailand. Oh, I'm going to Bali. And we and we and we have them friends that are always, doing something girl we got brunch this weekend and then after a while folks just realized okay we can't invite her because she's not coming (laughs) you know Mm -hmm. but it was Mm -hmm. also me being honest and saying listen I I, listen I would love to but I would just don't spend that my kind of money on something like this you know I had friends asking me well she why you think so weird like why you don't You want to participate or come out and hang with us Mm. and it was like i i can't you know um it's just not something that that i'm able to do right now after a while folks settle into your reality and they they let you be you know i think it's really important that you don't get caught up in in what other people think and what Mm. they say because at the end of the day it's you that has to live with your decision and your life choices right so if i'm running up credit cards because you know it's sammy and, and 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 peter next door are you know also getting a new whip and they're doing this and that i don't know what their situation looks like and also friends don't always tell you the whole deal
0: mm-hmm. okay
2: mm-hmm. relatives don't always tell you the whole deal so you have to be conscious that at the end of the day it's you your partner and your kids and you have to work it through and everybody will be okay you know mm-hmm. they ask you why you're not coming home for the holidays uh, we we just can't make it we're working Mm, mm. we don't have to get into the details because ultimately we know what we're working towards. So we don't have to get into the details. It, it, the time will come. The time will come. All of the, your, your life wants, not really. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, that, that's, that's very important. You know, you have to make sacrifices. Um, I, I hope right. the audience is listening. Um, one of the big things that she said was living within your means and being able to make sacrifices and making sure that you, your family unit is on page are on the same page um, and, and even in my last the last episode we talked about financial planning. so you need to make a plan, a game plan, a strategy and and yes, there are different schools of thoughts with with debt. Um, with, in America, your credit score is is so 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 important. so um, we're not saying don't have an, a credit card at all. you just need to pay that thing down before it's time for the next payment make sure mm-hmm. that your your credit card does not go above 30% so that you you're not utili- you're ma- you're not maximizing the utilization of your credit keep that thing below 30% and if you pay a few buy a few things then you pay it down before it's before the end of that cycle mm-hmm. that's how you boost your credit score and you need a credit score in America but right. bad debt Run away from it. (laughs) Run away from it like it's COVID 19. (laughs) Run away. (laughs) Now let's let's transition into ownership because while you're paying down your debt so that you don't owe anybody anything, you need to be growing your 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 assets. You need to be growing your bank account. Tell me how do we do this and tell me what type of things are you owning?
2: I will say this. I think it's important that you identify. Um, things that you have an understanding of. Um, there's, there's all sorts of stuff that's out there now, you know, money in Bitcoin, the stock market, real estate. There's, there's all sorts of stuff that you could put your money in, right? But I always tell people, do what you know. Mm-hmm. Do what you know. And, and if, because that way you can sort of, you're passionate about it. It's a place of interest for you. So you're always going to pursue something that interests. I, I grew up um, with, around a lot of people that were in real estate. You know, my parents were, have, my, my parents always had a keen interest in it and they, they, they owned, you know, a home and then they worked towards building, you know, owning a second one. And then they, you know, they bought land and they were into land and mm. all of that And land where we come from land is the source of everything. You know, coming out of America, out of Africa, land is everything. If you've got your piece of land with your name on it, you're good. You know, you can buy a couple of bricks and build something and nobody's going to, you know, that's what you that's the dream, right? So, so we, I, I, came around, I grew up around that school of thought. It was always about assets. And for us, assets was not the stock, stock market. It, was, it wasn't because no one was talking about, oh, I'm putting my money in stocks and, and all of that. It, that was for those other guys. <laughs> it wasn't for us. For us, it was, oh, how many houses does she have? Or how many, uh, you know, did she, did she buy a piece of land? And when you are w- growing up and you've just, you know, started working, the first thing that the parents say is, oh, you need to start working towards your home. You know, you need to work towards buying a home or building your home. And I think the foundations of that thinking is security. You know, when you have security, you can think, you know, when you, 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 you have a roof over your head, you can think about what else you can do to survive or get ahead. When you don't have that security, um, your mind is concerned or, 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 you know, fixated on how to attain that security, right? So for me, it was always that, okay, if I have money, I want to own stuff. I want to own any of this passive income and, and aggressive you know, income earning opportunities and whatever. Um, we go to work. But what, what money we make from our jobs is that source of revenue is basically your ticket. To, to moving ahead in, in, in life, right? Which is why the budget things come, come into play. Also, let me touch on the thing about budget as well. When you budget thing and you work towards something and then, and, and then the subject of saving, save towards a tangible goal. I think with, with I'm saving money and then you don't actually have a goal attached to what you're saving towards, it becomes really difficult. If I'm saying I'm saving towards buying, a, and be specific, I'm saving towards a one bedroom apartment in this neighborhood, that's gonna cost me $50,000. Okay. You, in your head, you can now visualize uh, what you're trying to buy. So every single penny, you're counting down. You understand? You're counting up towards the goal, right? If you say, I'm just saving, okay, great. But then somebody else can come and say, hey, 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 Suleiman, listen, there's this deal. And all you need is 25000 to get in. Because you don't have a goal attached to what you're saving towards, you're mm-hmm. easily going you know, to switch gears and go towards putting your money in Bitcoin or whatever it is that <laughs> you want to put in without the understanding that you need. Mm-hmm. So back to my point about focusing on what you know. I grew up around a lot of people that had real estate, people that I knew that had money or families that I went to school with where the kids had, you know, were really affluent. They came from families that had a bunch of properties, whether it was commercial real estate, residential real estate. So for me, that was always the thing, you know, brick and mortar. Um, so that's my, my, my area of focus. If I could build a portfolio where I can, somebody's paying me rent on the 20, 20th of every month mm-hmm. and it's, you know, coming in, yay, I'm winning, okay? Um, that's, that's one. I think you should all have two or three sources of income, multiple streams. We're talking about multiple streams of income. Oh, that's a, that's a, 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 a it's a trending subject. It's been trending for a long time. Um, but but it's it's real. I, I I don't think you can go to work and think that your work is enough to get you financially free. No, I think whenever you, whatever you're making, you need to figure out how you're going to spend that to make more. So if you've got capacity to grow a business, you know, grow your business and whatever revenue streams you get from that, put it into something that you are happy with what it's going. So it's quite easy for you to work a second job and say, okay, the second hustle, every single penny that I get from the second hustle net is going to go towards me buying land. Okay? Mm-hmm. Or, I, or you want for me I think you should try to work towards businesses that feed into each other. Okay? Mm-hmm. So if I if I'm building if I have a business that does this, whatever I make from that is going to feed into this and it's going to feed into that and it's going to feed into something else. Okay? It's not enough for you to have a job and you wake up and you go to the job and you pay your bills and you pay your rent and you pay your tuition for the kids and then that's it. Mm-hmm. You know, have a tangible goal that you're working towards you know whether it's you know whatever it is for you for some people it's, it's building a business you know um we live in a volatile environment sometimes businesses don't work out the way that we imagine that they'll work out sometimes it takes a little bit longer you know for, for stuff to start making sense financially sometimes we start businesses and we have to shut them down because they're not getting off as much as they should right mm-hmm. so so focus on focus on what you know i think focus on what you know for me it was real estate um the stock market is 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 another big one. It's it's great passive income, but I think you also have to know a little bit about it. It's not enough for you to just open a wallet and just send money there and then you just say, Oh, it's doing what it does. I think you need to have some kind of understanding of how it all works. Um, I've been fortunate to learn from my husband because of something that is quite passionate. So I asked the question. Mm-hmm. He he knows that stuff well. That's not really my thing. Now, if I can find a property or a good deal in real estate, oh, I'm gonna say hey check this out um so yeah the stock market bit i I think it's important that you know what you're putting your money in i don't i don't think it's a smart move to put in your money in something that you don't understand how it works yeah so people throw stuff at you all the time understand the basics about how it works and then keep learning keep learning you know I, i think there's so many tools that are out there that speak to to us in it and how we learn. You know, if you're a, a reader, then maybe the ebook thing is your thing. If you're a listener, then audiobooks are your thing. Uh, YouTube, you know, you could watch YouTube and, and, and learn. Find a method that can educate you and school you on your fields of interest. You don't want to put money in something that you can't explain when things go wrong because things do go wrong, right? Things do go wrong. And um, so, so I think that's, that's really, really important. Um, I think it's a great source to, to put your money towards. But again, know what your area of focus is. Some people go after single stocks, you know, um, some people try something else they go towards, they they go the ETF route, you know, it's just people do, you know, go after certain certain, uh, modes of investment in a way that suits them. But at the core of it, I think it's really important that you actually understand what you're doing because it's your hard earned money, right? So you don't want to put your money into something you're not really sure how it works because somebody said that's what they're doing if that's not your your thing that's not your thing i could tell you things that i i don't mess with i don't dabble with you know i there's people that have asked me oh you know but we do gold and you know buy gold coins and gold this and that and you know network marketing businesses and gold and minerals i i i don't because it's not my
1: absolutely TLC said it, don't Mm. go chasing waterfalls. Stick to the rivers (laughs) and the streams (laughs) that you're used to. That's what it's really all about. You really have to know what you're doing and you have to learn about what you're doing. So don't jump into something that you're not informed about. And at this point, in this day and age, there is no excuse. You have YouTube University. You can go (laughs) learn many things on YouTube. Now, guess what? There's a bunch of garbage on YouTube. So you have to be a researcher and you have to sift through and vet who you're getting your information from and cross-reference it with some good old books and some people that you know who can be mentors. So you have all of this information at your fingertips, people. So you need to read up on it. Read uh, how to be a, a day trader. Read how to be a swing trader. Read the millionaire investor. Read the ABCs of real estate. Read up on these things, learn about what Ethereum is, learn about what, what Ripple is or what, what Bitcoin is, what cryptocurrency is, what blockchain is. Learn these, thing, these things before you put your money in it. Um, but I think that is so, so critical, what you just touched on. And you know, you're speaking my language when you talk about the stock because I'm learning it right now as we speak learning about the stock market. And guess what? I'm reading, reading, reading nonstop. I'm learning chart patterns. I'm learning ascending triangles, descending triangles. I'm learning head and shoulders. I'm learning all of these things because I'm immersing myself in the technical analysis. I'm learning about what makes a good stock before... I go and put my money into something. So that's critical. You got me that's excited true. now. You got me excited. We that's might have true. to get your husband to get your husband on and talk about uh, stock
2: market. You but you might need to. Yeah. <laughs> I think you, you, you need to. It, it's really important. And also you touched on something that, that, that is really, really integral. You said um that there's so much garbage out there as well. So we have to remember that we're in the new age, right? Where there's so much tech and it's just so much there's content overload right? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, like to re- I like to revert to the great, the gurus, the guys mm-hmm. back in the day who are long standing and are still standing from 20 years ago, right? Mm-hmm. They will give you sound advice that has stood the test of time and does not change. Earlier on, we talked about how I got onto, how I have always grown around, I've grown up around people who were into real estate. My first serious book that I read is a book that my father gave me, The Rich Dad, Poor Dad mm-hmm. by Robert Shofaki so so it talked about um it talks about you know um you know other p- leverage and and other people's money o- mm. or, you know oh yeah oh yeah opm and all of that right um and so i i i, I and you know how he's built his real estate portfolio and all of that and i understood it clearly right but then i'm also i also then shifted game uh, i shifted um thought patterns when i then learned about how you can actually do the same thing but do it without debt now mm. it takes longer mm. but if you are putting all your resources towards x percentage towards your living expenses and then the other percentage towards you know building uh enough resources or reserves to be able to buy
0: mm.
2: uh, it just made more sense to me because i think people what we tend to forget as people is that life happens okay yeah. so when life happens you know people die uh, people get sick and you're not able to to make as much as you were making to pay down that debt. And and, and. security is a, is a really important thing. And, 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 and you know, the, the whole subject of financial security is something that is on the hearts of everybody. I don't know anybody who doesn't, who doesn't think that's an important topic to, to talk about, right? But ask yourself, okay, I've got all this debt. If something was to happen to me, what do my kids and you know? or can they inherit anything at all because where i come from it happens as well where you know there's a family that's perceived to be wealthy and then the the the, the breadwinner dies
0: mm.
2: and it's a whole mess because you then realize he's got all of this stuff but it's on debt so the banks start coming back out you know mm. then that debt tax kicks in and then a family that was had a driver taking the kids to school is all of a sudden nothing zero you know mm. um and it's, it's, it's so, it's such a common story where we come from there and again, there's no credit cards to help you over and all of that mm. And it happens all the time. So you ask yourself with well, the decisions that we make, how do they benefit, you know, our children and, and what kind of legacy do we want to leave for them? And, and some people don't really care about that. They're living their best lives or whatever. But I think we're now at a, in a, in a very strong position more than ever. To be able to sort of not only just read up and understand these situations, the good stuff and the bad stuff, but then also adjust our mindsets and our thinking. Mm. Wealth is not a crime. I think sometimes um, those of us from the more spiritual s- school of thought, you know, think, oh, you know, when you're too wealthy or prosperous, that's, a, it's, you know, it's an indication of you being a certain kind of way. No, I don't think God wants us to be out here struggling. I I don't think, I don't believe that at all. I think prosperity is, is part of the kingdom agenda here on earth, right? But we have to do it right. You know, we have to know how to do it right. And we have to be willing to learn and learn, move with people that are moving, move with people that are doing things. Do not be afraid to ask questions from people that are doing things. You'll be surprised at how, People are moving with a regular job, regular schmegler job, and are making some moves, and you won't even know about it because they're not <laughs> running around with the chain and, and you know diamonds and a yeah. fancy car, uh, folks with wealth,
1: well, you, real you know, real
2: wealth. You touched on
1: something. You touched on something that was that was in my head, um, because I, you, you mentioned that it might not be as fast as you want if you you know are going a debt free uh, style and you're going for ownership. Um, but again, there are some some corners that you can cut if you have the right network. So I, we all, I always say your network is your net worth and you, and you touched on the mindset. So if you have the right mindset and you have the right network, then you can start doing something called crowdfunding where you can mm-hmm. get a group of people who are like minded individuals. You all put in a, a, a piece and you go and buy some land or you all put in a piece and you go buy some property and now you're all owners and you share this, this, this business. Now you have to make sure that these are people that again, that are like-minded with you are honest and you can trust, but you might not have to wait, you know, five, six, seven years to save up to own a piece of land or a piece of property. If you have a, um, a team of people who can then put it in now you guys Continue. You keep working. You keep building. Now you have a group. So there are some corners that can be cut in this age. We're in the age of social media and, and connectivity. You can connect with people mm-hmm. all over the world. So
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, I think that was a very, very good point, actually, you know, about your mindset and your network, who you know, who you're around.
2: Social capital is is everything. OK, and do not discount. Um, we, we go to brunch. Great. But what are we talking about over that brunch okay are we talking about things that build we go to networking but what are we doing at those networking events are we looking around the room and seeing the room that we can ask questions about okay about certain things about also we're this is a global market okay Mm -hmm. just Mm -hmm. because you're american doesn't mean you can't invest in in property in thailand or invest in property in south africa or invest in property in ghana I'm, Mm -hmm. i'm just saying because we have this thing like, oh, I'm American, so I want to buy oh, in you know, Chicago. Or I'm going to buy in Detroit or I'm going to buy in Texas. Mm. OK, great. But have you done the math to see what else is happening in Europe? Have you seen what else is happening in Africa? You know, Have you seen what else is happening in Asia? Um, and what, with what you have now, what can you do with that same amount of money that you have in another market? Mm. So people people don't don't think like that. We we get we we are, we like familiarity. We like familiarity, but but doing things differently means that we have to literally tune tune our mindset in a completely different direction. Mm. You know, there, there's absolutely nothing stopping us from investing in in other countries because it, it makes sense. You know, it, it makes sense financially. Um, the economy is maybe maybe more stable than where your home country is. Um, you talked about crowdfunding. There's certain nationalities that have been doing that forever: mm. the Jewish, people, the Indian community, the they, the Chinese community. That's how they. I have Chinatown because mm. a bunch of them packed up their bags. <laughs> and All right, don't
1: and don't looks- get us don't get us blocked. <laughs> 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 don't say don't say the wrong thing and get us blocked. No, I'm with you. I agree with you 100. percent This is something that you know different cultures have used for ages you know right and, and right. we, we kind of lost that because i think if you go back in ancient history we might have been doing that but we lost that in recent history so we need to yeah, get we yeah. need to get back to that so um right. i want to know more about what's well, there's two things i really want to know about because you talked mm-hmm. about investing in other countries let's talk about this project you have in south africa and then let's talk about your magazine so let's let's touch the the project with the the real estate and the investing in south africa as you mentioned because you mentioned investing in other countries and this is an international podcast so go ahead
2: so so travel essence magazine travelessencemag.com we founded it um during covid uh it, it was literally because obviously my destination marketing background um you know i'm on these feeds, and a lot of my friends in the industry are talking about how hard hit borders are closing so obviously no travel there's no tourists coming so it's really hitting the industry uh, and and we began to obviously we saw that it was hitting the industry globally right um but i think for, for me specifically for africa because i have a, a strong affinity to the mother continent um i wanted to to promote uh, yeah of course <laughs> go <laughs> I'm
0: ahead
1: amen amen wanted- <laughs>
2: I wanted to promote the continent. I wanted, um, see, as a media person, um, the narrative is very important. Um, everything that I, that I, that I work towards is really about amplifying the narrative and, uh, the truth from our point of view. Okay. And so for me, I wanted to, to I wanted to be that person that speaks the, the, the African story or the African, uh, entrepreneur in the travel and tourism space, um, through the, the eyes and the minds of the people in there. Um, so I obviously with anything, you look at your research, you do whatever. And I came to see, well, there's very few, um, there's no media, media outlet in this part of the world that would be able to put content down to the way that I envisioned. So we just sort of went gung-ho. It was like, oh, listen, this is an idea. Yay, let's go. And it literally was that, it was literally, okay, we're gonna build this out. timeline, let go. And we launched and the response has been phenomenal. Um, So much that a lot of opportunities along the way have then come in with people saying, oh, this is great that you're doing this, Um, that there's great content. We did not know that you could do this when you go to Ghana. You did not know you could do this when you go to Mozambique. We did not know that there was this available in South Africa or Namibia or wherever. How can we go there, right? So then Travel Essence Getaways was birthed. And Travel Essence Getaways is effectively bespoke trips uh, to the continent um, geared towards expats. That are in this region okay mm. so we have curated trips curated destinations singular uh singular country destinations multiple country destinations um wh- wh- wherever you want to go we can get you there okay mm. um because we've got a great network of tour operators and lodges and friends in the industry who welcome the business because obviously everything been hit with covid so so it's our way of saying how do we support each other? We tell the story because we are content creators first and content storytellers first is Travel Essence magazine, but then how do we then convert those stories into on beds? So that was the the, the, the ethos of, of Travel Essence. Now, in this particular project you're talking about, I, I, I'm I a fan of, of South Africa in as far as the state market and the products. I think the products are stellar um, for the Virginia. Um The economy is being econo- economy, but if you're coming out of um, other countries that have a very strong um, currency, you can actually make a lot of moves in Africa. So for mm. me, I always was for something that I have experienced and I, I can't tell you what the real estate in other country looks like, but I could tell you about places that I you know, studied well and I want to see the product. I see. So so we wanted to put together a trip like that. We are working together on putting a trip that brings together um, people that are interested in the real estate market in South Africa. And the idea of the trip is obviously it has a leisure component to it, but it also um, carries uh, a very investment component too. Um, literally, we're flying in a couple of days, uh, meet with brokers, uh, tour and see some property. Those that want to put a bid on to buy can go ahead and do that and then throw in the leisure component. So uh, a lot of it is a work in progress. We had already slated the first trip for March, but with COVID and the borders and all of that, we're monitoring. But as soon as we're ready to go out to market, uh, you will be the first to know about the trip. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I'll, you know, I'll, we'll come out and, and share all the stuff that you can expect to see where we will take you, the developers that we will be meeting with the properties that will be available. The idea is you literally get off the, the flight and we go straight to work. You, and then we also have the leisure component. So it's a five-star ultra luxury experience. Um, we always make sure you're treated well and you, use you you, 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 know, you sleep on lush, fluffy pillows.
1: <laughs> so
2: let's, let's
1: <laughs> so let's, let's like, let's break this down. Very simple. Very simple. If I am in Atlanta and mm-hmm. I want to buy some property in South mm-hmm. Africa, is it a complicated process? Like how many barriers? I mean, how, how am I sure that I'm investing my money and it's not a scam and, um, uh, Do I got to do a lot of paperwork and and how do I manage the property when I go back to my my home country?
2: So one of the reasons why I like the South African real estate market is because um, they are real estate industry. is very, very well regulated, very well regulated, Um, and it allows for uh, foreign nationals to be able to invest. So you don't actually have to be a, a resident. Uh, or a citizen for you to own real estate in in South Africa. As a matter of fact, most of the Cape Town seaboard, um, there's a lot of real estate that is owned by foreign nationals across South Africa. It's, it's an easy um, environment to transact. Um, it is upwardly, it's, it's upwardly advanced, so, so you're not going to get there and experience certain glitches that you might otherwise experience in other countries. It's very, very well suited for global transactions. I mean, it's, it's a hub, right? Um, in terms of, uh, information, key information in, uh, closing, you make your offer today, uh, you can close and have title deeds ready within six weeks with Mm. done deals that can be uh, six weeks. Some can be even quicker. Um, if you've got a great agent who's on it, it can be really, really quick. Um, it doesn't go past three months. Um, it's very, very well regulated. You can also then from the agency that you use to purchase, um, they can go into rentals for you um i think rental rental fee or rental management fee like something like 10 percent of your rental income um and you get it, it, it you get uh day-to-day comms everything as it relates to your investment amount um, where they have a tenant found they found a tenant um your deposits that have been made into your account in terms of your rental income it's a really really seamless process i found it quite seamless more seamless than it is doing the same thing in where i come from where it's like Oh, fingers crossed! Mm-hmm. You know, uh, South Africa for me, I find quite quite easy. And I think if you're, like I said before, if you're coming out of a in an environment that they the you're currently stronger, you can really do a lot. You can really do a lot. And I think it, it works for people that have maybe ambitions to live there as well, because you can kind of build a nice little portfolio that will look after you later. Um, it, it's you know, people have different reasons for investing where they invest. You know. Um, but I, it's it's a seamless process. So whether you're from Atlanta or whether you're from London or whether you're from Ghana or whether you're from China or India, it's, it's really easy to invest. I, the process for me has been quite easy, and I'm just regular folk. We're not mm-hmm. even coming with lots of money and whatever. It's you know know your know your know where you're putting your money, know where you're putting your money. So I would say try to get if you can get there so you can see it get there so you can see. Because you have to remember on the other side of the transaction, somebody's trying to eat, right? Mm. So they can sell you the world. And then it turns out that you bought a dud. Now, I, I would never buy a piece of real estate that I have not seen. Mm. I can get, get on a plane to go and see where I'm putting my money in a patch of land because that's just not a smart thing to do. It's, it's different from stocks where you know, you know you're looking at charts and things, you know, and you're opening a wallet with this company and whatever. But real estate is something that you can't do that. I don't recommend that you do. I, I don't think it's something that you should do. To say, "Oh, I'm going to buy this building," and you don't know where that building is. <laughs> like, yeah. no. So if you can make that trip, make it a leisurely trip, or make it a business trip with your leisure. You know, uh, don't get on a flight unless there's a hustle on the other side of it.
1: Well, you, you, you better know? you better make it a business trip and write that
2: thing off on your taxes. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> exactly so, so absolutely i think you can i think you can you can invest in a in a good size in a good area a high-end area something like uh you know Sandton in Johannesburg, for example you can get a one bedroom two bedroom uh, for fifty thousand easily us mm. dollars you know and that's cash buying an outright outright you know Um mm. uh, so it's not it's not a hard market to get into um so again it's really assessing you know where 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 you want to buy and, and understanding the reasons for investment you know because buying to live in and buying to as an as an investment the schools of thought are different. your mindset should be different around those two tar- transactions anyway
1: awesome, awesome, man. I think we covered more than enough for the people today. Is there any last things that you want my audience to know about you or about investing or about Travel Essence Magazine, is there anything else that you want to share?
2: Oh, gosh, I could, I could go on forever. I think <laughs> I'd like to encourage, first of all, the um, audiences to head on to TravelEssenceMag.com, Travel Essence Magazine, or TravelEssenceMag.com. We are across all social media channels. We are fairly new, but we are making quite a little bit of noise in this market, and I'm excited about that. Um, there's, there's a lot going on in that space. Um for me personally, I'm a communication strategist. You can learn a little bit more about um, what services I offer in the in the com space um, at your narratives.com, and we do everything from social media strategy um, to you know content strategy to com strategy to launching um, brands to brand development. And our business is 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 keyword towards the startup. So we work largely with folks that are going from zero to wanting to launch. We build brands from the ground up and we work specifically with the, uh, I, I, I'm, I'm the smaller guy, so I love working with the smaller guys because I think that's where we, we have to get it right to begin with. We don't want to say you build a brand and five years in, you realize you don't even have a logo. And I see that all the time with my clients. They, they get a great opportunity, but they're not ready. So, so that's what we do in that space. I'm I'm also a published author. Um, you can do a keyword search on, on, on Amazon. My books are all listed on Amazon. I have uh, books under the Reinvented Today series. Mm. Um, my personal website is www.reinventedtoday.com, where we specialize in empowering women on all, in all areas of their lives, relationships, financially. We do curated events. Um, COVID is... Uh, challenging us to to reassess how we have been putting out stuff, but um, we've had a bunch of curated events in different countries. We've done talks, we've done tours. Um, so everything I talked earlier about feeding into your business should feed into each other. I, I I try to do that. Travel essence will open the door for reinvented tours to happen and all of that. I try to make sure that everything feeds into each other. But yeah, you can find me on social media um, at Instagram. is quintessentially underscore yvonne quintessentially underscore yvonne is my personal um instagram handle and of course i am on linkedin as yvonne steven tengua um if you if you google me you will find me <laughs>
1: <laughs> now, listen you're a heavyweight when you say google me <laughs>
2: yeah well i mean is, me. you, can, you, can go, you can google anyone now you can google anyone you can google anyone and find TikTokers. like you can google anyone but um, you know, I mean, I'm on LinkedIn, so I think, you know, if you want to find out a little bit more, connect to a lot of the other stuff that I do, reinventedtoday.com will take you to all my different homes. Um, but yeah, we are, we here. <laughs> <laughs> a good place to start is, uh, www.reinventedtoday.com. That will kind of give you a, a full, you know, view of, of the different things that I do and the different brands that I do, uh, that I have um everything from the books to the curated events um to the business site it'll take you to narratives yournarratives.com but the biggest um the newest baby on the block is travelessencemagazine.com. travelessencemag.com that's travel essence magazine we are doing some really cool stuff in promoting the continent of africa and we want people to join us on that journey so yeah Absolutely. LinkedIn, you can find me, Yvonne Simutengwa, uh, quintessentially underscore Yvonne on Instagram. And obviously, same thing on Facebook, Yvonne Simutengwa. You can find me with just my name.
1: Absolutely. Before I close out, I just want to give a moment of recognition for phenomenal black women. Round of applause for phenomenal black women everywhere. <laughs> um, so, you know what it is, folks. It's the Money Mastermind so podcast. And we did another one. We're on all major streaming platforms. You can see, check me out on IG at the Real Money Mastermind. And that's it. Have a lovely, lovely day. And it was, it's was it been a pleasure. Thank you so much for being on the show, Yvonne.
2: Thank you so much for having me. You are now listening to The Money Mastermind Podcast. Mastermind. mastermind, 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 mastermind,
0: mastermind.